Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Catch us there as part of the Empire Media Network YouTube page, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated. By the way, every Thursday you can catch Between the Hashes on the Empire Media page where we discuss, my son Matthew Kahn discusses the college football games of the week. We give you the game of the week plus an underrated game of the week, as well as a few other games. Some detailed information and things that you need to know for every Saturday's games. Also, I will be doing a prediction and keys to the game. That comes out every Friday, so look for it again on Empire Media and on the John Con Report, where, again, wherever you get your podcast. There you go. Now, today, I am joined by ESPN's Eric Woodyard as we discuss the Detroit Lions, Sunday's opponent, the Lions have not been a good team. We all know that. But are they an improved team this year? And what kind of hassle or challenge do they pose for Washington on Sunday? Eric will fill us in on all things Lions. We talk about Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift. He had a big day against the Eagles. How dangerous is he and why is he dangerous? What do the Lions do with him? The, he also talks about a big flaw with the Lions, and that is Their defense, they gave up a lot of points to the Eagles. Is it a bad defense, or is it one where the Eagles just matched up well? Eric will fill you in on that as well. Before I get to my conversation with Eric, I wanted to go over a couple guys and their injury situations, and then one little nugget on Jahan Dotson. Let's start with running back Brian Robinson. On Wednesday, we saw him out at the practice field for the first time since he was shot on August 28th. Now, we've seen him in the facility. We've seen him walking the locker room and being around his teammates, but we hadn't seen him on the practice field, at least at the practice field. What he did Wednesday was ride the stationary bike for a little bit, then did some ladder agility work, and then some lunges and some other footwork drills just to see where he's at. And uh, to be honest, he looked pretty good. We, We saw him chopping his feet and cutting to a side. We saw him again doing some side lunges. And, and just testing out the um, what his knee, his right leg can do. He had his right leg or knee really wrapped, um, and, and, but he looked good. And I think they felt pretty good about what they saw. Now, the key for him, as Ron Rivera said, and he always says about anybody coming back from any sort of injury situation, is how does he feel on the, the field the next day, which be, would be, of course, Thursday. But I think it's a really good step for Robinson that he's on the non-football injury list, which means he's out the first four games, but there's legitimate optimism about when he can return. And today, excuse me, Wednesday was another reason why. Again, the key is how does the knee and how does the leg respond the next day? And then 
when he starts to add more work to it, how does it respond? But it was a good sign for Washington and Robinson for him to be out there. So there you go. The next guy is defensive tackle John Allen. He was limited on Wednesday with the with as he nurses his groin. Everything we I've heard so far is that it doesn't sound like anything's going to stop him from playing. So I'd be a little bit surprised if he doesn't. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't play. He has said that. I don't think it was anything serious. I think they're just going to be cautious with him. And, um, you know, so that's – but the, but he worked on the side field. He was in full uniform. But I don't think there's going to be any issue with with Allen. Now, the commanders did sign a defensive tackle to the active roster this week, and that was 325-pound Derek – excuse me, I was going to say Derek Jeter. It's Donovan Jeter, not Derek Jeter. That would be an even bigger story, wouldn't it? But it's Donovan Jeter who played at the University of Michigan. He was an undrafted free agent signed by the Steelers, cut by the Steelers. Washington picked him up earlier this week. The one couple of things that Ron Rivera said he liked about him was that he's a, he called him a space eater. Again, 325 pounds. That's one of the things they liked about Fidarian Mathis. So they're going to hope they hope that that Jeter can give them some of what they were hoping to get from Mathis. Again, a guy who eats space. Rivera said he does like his first step. He feels like he's got some quickness. But let's not make him out to be too much. The Steelers did cut him, so we don't know what they're really getting. But again, the 325 pounds is a key and that they wanted somebody who can occupy a little bit more inside there and give them a bigger body than what, you know, than guys like Payne and Allen. So there you go. Now you know. The other guy that I want to talk about is Cam Curl. He he did dress and go through. He was limited in practice on Wednesday, but he was in his helmet. He was in full uniform and full gear like everybody else. Didn't see him doing some of the drills with the defensive backs in during their individual portions, like things like working with the dummy bag and tackling and all that. Didn't see him do that. Still hasn't. He still has a pad around his hand and a a little a brace to hold his thumb in place. And he, he told us after practice, excuse me, um, during an open lock, actually it was after practice, that he told us that a lot of it is just making sure the ligaments are st- are going to be um, held in place. So he hasn't even done anything like catch a ball yet because they don't want, they're not sure yet. But there is certainly a chance that he returns on Sunday. That's big because of how the commanders like to use their defense. And earlier on the YouTube show, we were, Bram and I were asked about what happens when when Cam Curl comes back and you have Derek Force? Well, that's first of all, it's a really good thing for them. That's that's the first thing. Second thing it does is it gives them more defensive flex flexibility. What and we saw some of the issues that that uh, Jamin Davis had in coverage the other day when Matt when when the alignment got him matched up with a Christian Kirk. Now that you can't blame Davis for for not stopping a Christian Kirk. Now he could have played some of that stuff better. He was still in a mismatch, and that was always going to be a tough one. But if they can get the third safety out there, like a Cam Curl with some size, now you can do some different things with with that front. So you could go to a five-one front, five defensive linemen, Cole Holcomb, and then a three-safety alignment with Cam Curl being that big safety, the role that Landon Collins played last year, and he's some he can do that better than the other safeties. Because he's, he's he's just got more size, and he also is a very smart player. He's done it. So, and I think it takes because you have to play multiple roles. You have to have a great deal of knowledge, and I think Curl has that. That's one of the benefits of when he comes back. Something they could do, and I think when you have a team 
like the Lions, who like to use DeAndre Swift a lot. They also have the tight end in TJ Hawkinson that they like to go to. So I think getting a guy like Curl back would give them another option and something that they that they can do. And if they wanted to take out Jamin Davis, they can put in Cam, you know, Cam Curl already be on the field. They can put in Derek Forrest and he'd be in the back with uh, Bobby McCain and doing some, you know, whatever, however they want to de- deploy them. But it gives them another defensive option. So pay attention to that. We'll see. But we don't know for sure when Curl will return. Last guy I want to talk about is receiver Jahan Dotson. And it's funny because Terry McLaurin was talking about this to us with the media on Wednesday, that how nonplussed Dotson seems to be with what he's done. Now, it was he only had three catches, only three catches. Two of them, of course, were for touchdowns, including the game winner. Those were both very good plays, good routes by Dotson to get open, great adjustment um, in the end zone on the second one. Just a really nice debut for the rookie from Penn State. He hasn't walked around like he's done anything. He's a very even-keeled kid, and I think that's one of the things that has impressed some of his teammates. And it's funny because I was talking to somebody on the way um, home from work on Wednesday, somebody who played in the NFL, somebody who knows his stuff, somebody who really studied, you know, who who's very smart about it, and did happen to watch the commander's game Sunday. And I asked him what he thought about the offense and we're talking about potential explosiveness, et cetera. Now this was his opinion, but he said, he goes, he asked me, who do you think defenses or other teams are going to fear the most? And before I could answer his reply was, I think it'll be Jahan Dotson. Now, is it one person that's it's his opinion? It's one person I talked to, but I thought it was interesting. And to be honest, when he asked the question, I knew that's where he was going to go, but it's because he really likes the explosiveness that Dotson plays with, the route running, and how mature he seems to be as a player already. What If that's how deep other teams feel, I don't know. I know it's how this one person does feel. So now you know. All right, that's it for me. Let's get to the conversation about the Detroit Lions because that's who you need to know about since Washington plays them on Sunday. So here's my conversation with ESPN's Eric Woodyard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $250 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KIM, K-E-I-M, to get $250 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KIM, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for the details. 
Well, Eric, we have a matchup of two franchises that haven't done quite so well lately. You got one that has actually been worse, but you've had an interesting summer with hard knocks, et cetera. You have an interesting coach to cover. Um, let's start with, first, I do want to start with the hard knocks experience. Mm-hmm. What was it like seeing that? And I haven't covered a, a team that, you know, Washington hasn't been on that. So what was it like covering that? And what did you learn about anything during that time? Yeah, it was crazy, man. I think just uh, you could feel the excitement within training camp every day because it would be like, man, 15, 20 cameras around all the time. You knew who they were. They had the Honolulu blue shirts that said Hard Knocks. You know, they was just around every single day. And it was just it was just fun, like just seeing the process of all the cameras that they had set up everywhere. And um, it just built another sense of excitement. It was already excitement entering the season, the optimism. But, you know, that just, you know, exceeded everything with that. And the Lions were inviting out a lot of different, like, Local celebrities, you know, you saw on Hard Knocks when Eminem came out. You saw, right. you know, rapper Sada Baby, who's from Detroit. Yeah. You know, to just all these, you know, local guys. You know, you saw even the, the, the Pistons general manager come out, you know, Ha Ha Davis, the entertainer from Detroit. It was just so many guys. And I think even they were excited. You know, Jalen Rose was out one day. And uh, I think that just built, you know, so much optimism and hype around this season. And just to see, you know, how much, how detailed that process was, it was definitely fun. Uh, what yeah. I learned from it. I think I was pretty connected on my beat and understood yeah. like a lot of the stories. I think just seeing it more than anything, like we right. we get a sense of like how these guys are behind the scenes. But I think like to actually see like Dan and the jokes and Do Staley and those guys like really see it. I think it just added a whole other dimension and humanized these guys much more. So I think the Hard Knocks experience actually helped the Detroit Lions because it it humanized these guys a lot more than what we normally would have saw from just writing about them. And it seems like Dan Cam obviously very big on motivation. And just like and watching even from afar, some of the team skits they would do with Aiden Hutchinson getting up there and singing and watching the reaction to that. And I'm sure a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of that stuff goes on with every team. When you see a team that has struggled like that, you see a team that wants to bond. And then mm-hmm. I think there was, was it, I think he was the one showing like some clips of guys who would just <laughs> who would get blown up in practice, but doing it in a fun way. You right. know, I mean, what do you sense around the this team that, might be different this year and how much of it is because of that kind of stuff? I think number one is Dan is he's authentic. Authenticity, I mean, a guy, I, I could, we could tell you that, like, he's going to be himself. He's going to be the same way. And I think that from the top, that goes all the way down to the bottom. I think it starts with Dan Campbell. So I think that definitely helps because he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a no BS. He's going to keep it straight forward with you. He's not trying to do this for the cameras. I mean, it's, you know, this guy is who he is every single day, you know, even after the losses. Like, you saw last year, dude really cry after a game. I mean, that's crazy. You know, he the emotion, he couldn't hold it back. And, you know, he's coming to the to the press conferences and telling us the real, not giving us the BS football answers, you know, all the time. So I think the players and the guys I talk to and the guys we're around every day, they respect that. I mean, it's it might sound a little cliche, but I they definitely expect him for being real. And I think um, I wrote a story, you know, after they just lost, like, acting were they the same old Lions. Right. I don't really – but, I mean, they still have to put together the wins. But I still feel like, you know, that's that's going to help change the narrative of them being the same on Lions is that authenticity and the guy coming in and being the same way every day, bringing in a coaching staff that matches his, you know, his um, his personality and beliefs. And I think that's kind of like trickling down to the rest of the guys and they're trying to change that around. So I think definitely, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what I think uh, is helping with these guys right now. And you're right. And I was going to mention the story, wrote because after they lost to the Eagles, it was another close loss. So, right. you know, is there are there any other signs that tell you 
that it will be different besides that authenticity? They're a lot more talented on offense. My concern with this team was on defense. I mean, we saw what Jalen Hurst just did to them in game one, you know, two of them apart, you know what I mean, with that, that ground game, that running attack. And I think it was four different guys from the Eagles that scored. I think that was the first time in the opener since like the 60s that four rushing touchdowns have happened for four different guys. So I think my concern with this team is defense. What I, how, they, how I feel like they can be better, I feel like they've upgraded drastically on offense. I mean, look at DeAndre Swift. Right. I mean, that guy, phenomenal, 144 yards out the gate. And I think that was purposely done. You look at how they managed his reps in the offseason coming in. You know, they really protected him. They It was almost like a luxury car. You know, shameless plug, but check out my story about how I did on him and his goals of wanting to be a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver, yeah. you know, this year. And I think he came out and kind of set the tone. You know, I think he's, he's legit. I'm a Ross St. Brown. The wide receiver, you know, coming into year two, we saw he had another touchdown, you know, set another Lions uh, streak. I think it was five straight games of a, of a touchdown. And, uh, you know, you got DJ Chark, you know. So Jared Goff is surrounded by weapons. So I think that's where the upgrade is. And that's why I think they can't change that narrative. My only concern is on defense uh, moving forward. Well, let's stick with the offense for right now because of Swift. And you're right. That, that guy is explosive. And you would see glimpses of that before. And, you know, obviously, but what is it? You know, with him, like, wh- how are they getting him the ball to to tap into that explosiveness? They're, they're, they're mixing it up with him because he got the ability to do both. Well, right. game running was was working. You know, he came out the gate in the first quarter with a 50-yard rush. You get that guy the ball, good blocking. You know, he got great blockers with Amara St. Brown and those receivers. And their offensive line is a strong offensive line. So, I think they're just using him in a lot of different directions. You got the new offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, who just came in. This is his first year. So you're seeing them mixing it up a little bit, you know, differently than, you know, last year when they started with Anthony Lynn. And, you know, they, they just was a, a little different. I don't think they really used Swift in the manner they did. They used Jamal Williams a lot more last year. And I think, you know, they're letting, letting Swift really get out and get to work this year. So I think, you know, that's one of the biggest differences is letting them open up more. And, you know, I think they use – honestly, I think they used Williams just a little too much last year. I think Swift really? got more touches. Why, why do you think that was the case? Well – Number one is Swift came into the year hurt. So, right. you know, even during training camp, you know, he had a growing injury that was nagging. So I think the confidence wasn't completely there in him that he was going to be able to be durable. You know, so I think they kind of, you know, had the training wheels on a little bit with him. And I think, uh, you know, overall from there, I think his relationship with Deuce Staley has gotten a lot better. And I think he's a lot more aggressive mentally. You know, he wants to get every yard. You saw that on hard knots. Like, you know, what Deuce Staley told him, be greedy for every yard. I think he's right. taking that down. And like you say, coming out the gate with 144, you know, I think that was a strong statement on his behalf. And, you you know, it's funny because you've been around athletes long enough to know that sometimes it's hard to change a mindset. So mm-hmm. for him to get greedy and more aggressive, was it just about getting confident? Because it is hard to change that. So how has he changed that? I think he's just a chill person. Like, if you ever be around DeAndre Swift, I, I interviewed him recently. He's really laid back, man. Like, this dude is just, like, the coolest dude. Like, you know, he has his, his little gear on. and You know, he just – he chill. He's really chill. And I think uh, for a guy like – he respects a guy like Deuce Staley. He knows what he did in Philadelphia. You know, you know, he knows he played there. That was where he grew up in Philly. So I think having a guy like that reminds him almost of like being in Pee Wee League with his dad, who was really tough mm-hmm. on him. You know, his dad is like a bodybuilder and, you know, was his coach his whole life. So I think just getting that, talking to him in a way that he can relate. So, you know, he was he told me this when, when we interviewed. He said, I don't listen to how Deuce Staley delivers it, you know, to me. I listen to what he's telling me, not the tone but what he's telling me. So I think that confidence is just spilling over to him from the coaching staff, and particularly Deuce Staley, because he respects him. I would tell that to kids when I coach too. Don't listen to how, listen to what. Right. right. 
Um, but what, what about Jared Goff? Because he first half bit of a struggle, then they right. you know lied in the second half. So what what's his story right now? I think Jared Goff. I mean, his, his confidence is a lot better this year. We talked about that all throughout there. You can see it from when within training camp from day one. It just seems like last year, you know, from being traded, you know, never being really in the Midwest like that. He's been a Cali kid his whole life. So right. coming to a franchise, you know, that's definitely not decorated, you know, how the, how the Rams are and going to Super Bowls and all that. I ain't been to a Super Bowl here since the 60s, haven't won a playoff game since the 90s, you know what I mean? So you're going into a completely different situation, a completely different coaching staff. You know, him and Anthony Lynn didn't always see eye to eye as far as, you know, the offense. And I think it was a lot of different changes where I think this year it slowed down for him. You know, he went back to the lab, went back to with his, with his throwing coach out there and changed a couple of things within his stance, you know, changed a lot of different mechanics and they put weapons around him. And I think, uh, you know, that's helped him. I mean, the first half was a struggle. We saw that. But I think he played a lot better in the second half. I wouldn't say it was a bad game. I think it was a decent performance. And I think he can be even better. And you can't take away the fact that Philly is a solid team. That wasn't a, a good team. team that they was playing against. So, you know, you got to factor all those in. But at the end of the day, the reason why I did write that story about are they the same old Lions? They got to close out some of these games, man. Right. Like that's seven games with one one score losses. That's no matter what, how you slice it and dice it, they play hard. I mean, that narrative gets old. So they got to start putting some of those, you know, finishing some of those games. How much do you think that gets in their head, too? Because and even though, like you said, it's a new team, new year, it's hard to forget the past completely. Right. Definitely. I think it is. I mean, that's that's always going to linger. But I think you that, that goes back to Dan Campbell, his motivational tactics. And, you know, he said he told the guys, you know, it's week one. You know, we're not settling with just these close losses. But at the end of the day, let's keep it in perspective. It's week one. And if you ever hear Dan Campbell talk, man, it's almost like a WWE hype video. Every time. I think he, he is. Yeah, he's good at the motivational tactics. But at the end of the day, they got to win some games. They coming into this week favorite versus Washington. So, you know, I think uh, you know they got to they got to close out something. Uh, and with, are you surprised that they be favored? A little bit. Yeah, I am. I'm a little surprised. I mean, there haven't been many many games where the Lions are favored in. So I mean. He, time you know that that's the case so I am a little surprised you know I, I am it, it's, it's a little surprising but I guess that goes to show like I guess the hype behind this team you know it's a little a little bit more confidence out here why is the defense still bad or is it, is it bad or is it just in transition I think it's in transition that's what okay. it is it's the talent level I think they play hard you know this team is trying to be built on grit but I just don't think they have a lot of game changers out there who can just disrupt okay. a lot of I think Aiden Hutchinson is trying to grow into that, but he's only a rookie one game in. They just started their six-round draft pick, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez at line. I mean, that kind of tells you, you know, where they're – not saying that he's done anything bad because he hasn't. But, I mean, that just says that, you know, a six-rounder can come in and take a spot. So, it's like, you know, that's just keeping it in perspective. And we still don't know a lot about, you know, know, Jeff Okuda and, you know, the cornerbacks and the safeties and, you know, that secondary back there. So, I think that's another aspect within itself. so yeah, I think I think all those things within itself, they just went they're they're really in the middle of a transition. Why in the run defense? Now I know Philly has a really good run game. Yeah. We know that. But they also gashed him big time on the ground. So what was the issue there? I think it was just the dynamic, you know, that 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 they haven't ran into a guy like Jalen Hurts. Obviously, even like it's not even a guy on the practice squad that can uh, reciprocate, you know, what he's out there doing when he actually playing. So I think it started with him, man. He just burned him. And I think, you know, even even when he wasn't running, he was a decoy in other ways. So I think, you know, that I think just that was just him being dynamic, if I'm being honest. I think that started a lot with him. How has Hutchinson looked 
in camp and in, you know, obviously the first game? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's number one, he's been all business, number one. Like, seriously, from day one, arriving early, leaving late. He's, he's almost – he was a pro even before he was a pro. I mean, I think we saw that right away. This guy would be running hills after practice, hmm. you know, working on his stance after practice. Like, you was we right there, you know, when we do our interviews. So, we're seeing the work he's putting in. And even his teammates from day one, they praised him. You know, this guy's here. We see him. You know, he's trying to set a record every day he's going to the weight room. Like, these are the stories you're hearing coming out of camp. But I think, you know, with the defense being the way it is, he's going to face a lot of double teams. And I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a learning experience for him. But I think, you know, he's going to be fine, man. I, he's, he's worth all the hype, you know, and he has the mentality. I mean, obviously, the Lions are an uh, organization that's special to him. So he's he's taking on that responsibility being a Michigan kid. So I think I think he's going to be fine. Man. I really do. Yeah, as an Ohio State guy, I watched him. He he just he won that game up front. Like he he hurt them up front, and that's you know like this guy can play. So I think eventually he's going to be a good player. It's just a matter of to be honest, probably just a matter of when. Um, yeah, because we're you know first of all like you know I know we it's Tuesday, so we haven't really been able to dive too much into matchups and all that. Do you like the Lions in this game? Are you far enough along to say that? Or do you just say, like, well, let's see how the week goes? Or, or what do you yeah. think? I'm, I'm literally, let's see how the week goes. Like, because I I like some of the things that Detroit did, but I'm still not 100% convinced that, you know, a lot of those changes are going to translate. You know what I mean? I still need some more time. I don't know what this team is, particularly, you know, just after one week. That's why we posing that question. Are they the same old Lions? We don't know that. Right. You know what I mean? We can keep saying that over and over, but that narrative is completely old. And I think, we need to see, I need to see more of this defense. I'm, I'm confident in offense. I think they're going to be fine because they, they just got so many weapons. Man. I think Swift is who he is. I think St. Brown is who he is. I still don't know what Chark is, you know, coming off that injury and in a new situation, a new system. I want to see how T.J. Hawkinson is going to be. Um, so I think I want to see what Jared Goff is going to be. I mean, we saw him rally late, but it's easy. Not easy, but, you know, when you're playing from behind a lot of times in desperation mode, you're going to do different things. So I want to see him put together a full game and, you know, see if those changes that he made is going to make his team better. So I, I don't know just yet what this team is, man. It's hard to dive into the matchup. And it's process. hard to know. I think in the NFL, it's hard to know in general how good a team is for until a few weeks because we don't know how, right. like, what if the Eagles are really, really good and the Lions play them that well, then you see, look at them differently. And I think right. the Eagles are a good team. So you do look at it like that. But then, you know, these guys beat Jacksonville. What, how good are they? So we don't know. I mean, I like you, like, I like what I saw from Washington's offense. It was really good. What did you and I, because these guys are in the Eagles division? What did you think of the Eagles? Man, I thought the Eagles look. I mean, we we know what they're gonna do. We know they're gonna pound it on that ground. You know, I thought they I thought they looked pretty solid. I mean, they wasn't great either. It wasn't like they was just out there just great. But I think they they did look pretty good. You know, I, I still like I said, I want to see a couple more games and see if they can continue that trend. But um, I thought they were solid. I think there was both both teams. It was week one, so. You know, nobody really just blew me out the water, if I'm being honest. Because the big question with Jalen, we know he can run. How would, mm -hmm. you know, it looked like the pass game, how'd that look to you? Yeah, it, I'm, definitely with his targets. I mean, you know, I saw him, you know, A.J. Brown, he went off, what, 13, okay. 96, uh, you know, uh, what, 10 receptions, 155 yards. I want to get that right. So, and he, yeah. he had four yards, but I don't know if that was because – the Lions secondary either. So, you know what I mean? Like, was it really great passing or was the Lions secondary not that good? Like I say, Jeff Okuda is coming off a, you know, a season-ending injury, you know, where he just tore his Achilles. So, you know, those guys, you still need a lot to learn. So, I don't I don't know. You know, I really don't. But uh, I thought his connection with A.J. Brown looked good. But outside of that, I didn't. I wasn't really blown away with his pass game either. 
And then, so the last thing with the line secondary, like what is the big, you know, what are the bigger questions you have there? And you mentioned Okuda, who was a top five pick a few years ago. Um, I know this team liked him as well. It's when they picked Chase Young. But what what is what's the issue with the secondary? Do you think? I'm just thinking just the just the just the, just that coverage, man. Like they get burned a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like that they, they get burned a little Problem. more. Too much, pretty much liking it. That happened a lot last year. So I think just I mean overall, it's a lot of different things. Like can they match up against those big receivers who usually get off when they play against Detroit going? And that's not to keep bringing up historical things, but that's just been a historical thing. A lot of guys get off, you know, against the defense. But yeah, it's just a lot of different. A lot of different areas, man, and they, they just need to tighten up. Eric, I appreciate your insight. Very good. And people need to check them out, ESPN.com. And good insight, good information. Thanks a lot for joining me. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me anytime. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Eric for joining me. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. Again, check out the other Empire Media content on at, on the YouTube page, on, on the podcast. You can check out All's Caps with Steve Wino. The Capitals are starting up. He's, he's on there with former Caps defenseman Carl Alsner. Also, Between the Hashes with Matt Kime, going over the biggest college games of the week. It'll come out on Thursday. Then don't forget my prediction and keys to the game, which will come out on Friday. I'll be back on Friday with my keys and predictions. So, talk to you next time. <laughs>